Hey, everybody. On today's Locked On Bama, we're going to welcome in John Garcia of SI.com and the Locked On family. He is our recruiting expert, and he's going to talk about all things Alabama football recruiting. So be sure to stay with us here on Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's normally him, but not today. We're going to pretty the show up with John Garcia. John, how you doing? Doing well, Luke. Uh, yeah, just trying to track the best, man. Spring ball is here for, for high school, so hitting some visits or uh, some practices, I should say. So it's, it's a nice time of year for us. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, I, I don't even want to get into the preambles about how you're the best in the business because everybody knows that. They've watched this program. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. One guy that um, has been on Alabama's radar, he's on several people's radar, is Troy Bowles. Uh, is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, bowls, bowls, yeah. but but with an e in there, so it kind of messes right. you up just a little bit. So Troy, Troy Bowles, uh, the son of Todd Bowles, right? Who is uh, NFL, uh, not quite a legend, but he's in the NFL and he's been in the NFL and he's coaching in the NFL, is he not? Yeah, he just got named the head coach of the Bucks, so he's yeah. he's coaching Tom Brady now, and uh, he's known for defense though. So obviously a guy who's going to foster that into his kids. He's got one uh, at Rutgers right now, but really Troy Bowles is, is kind of the crown jewel of, of the Bowles clan. And uh, he's probably the number one linebacker in the country for us at Sports Illustrated. And he just got that Alabama offer while visiting uh, Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban offered him personally and he admitted, you know, hey, he's like, hey, Nick is hard to read, but it was really cool to get my first you know, in-person experience with Saban. Um, and that's important. Any memorable notch is important in this Bulls recruitment because he's a national guy, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, Oklahoma. I mean, everybody wants a piece of this kid. He's trying to get up to Michigan State. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of impressions for Troy Bowles. So if you can stand out in any certain way, it's going to help you there in the end. So Alabama is absolutely in the middle of this thing. I know just by reading different message boards that um, Auburn has certainly been in the mix for him for quite some time too. Do you feel like there is a favorite and, and uh, do you think maybe Auburn has the upper hand in his recruitment right now? Well, he said Auburn was the childhood dream school, which was surprising, you know, because he's a kid who's now in Florida uh, and he's moved all over the country because his dad has been an NFL coach his entire uh, life, basically. So he's he's used to moving around. So you don't get attached to any one college team. But he said that that Cam Newton Auburn team, that that magical run they went on um, in, in 2010, it really kind of caught his attention and kind of introduced him to college football. So Auburn always had an affinity there. He did visit campus for the first time and, and liked what he saw. And, and the linebackers coach there at Auburn, Christian Robinson, was at Florida prior. So naturally, he had been recruiting bowls already to, to the Gators at that point. So you put those two factors together and Auburn is kind of the dark horse in this whole thing. It's very high profile blue blood. You know, I think really Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, probably the three that I would put the, the best bet on right now. But if there's a dark horse outside of that group, it could be Auburn at this point, uh, which is obviously unusual so far in this class of 2023 relative to the blue bloods uh, and Auburn. 
Yeah, interesting. You know, it's so funny, um, and I don't want to get off topic here, though, but when you talk about players getting paid and, and, and the NIL stuff nowadays, um, some people debate if they're really worth it. But, you know, how much – how do you quantify what Cam Newton was worth to Auburn? Now, I mean, somebody would joke and say $200,000. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But uh, I think that, um, you know, it's the same way with – uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. Alabama will be living off of Nick Saban's name long after he retires, just like they lived off Bear Bryant's name long after he retired. But, um, you know, how much is a guy like a Cam Newton worth when, uh, you know, he, he was only there one year. He was only there probably eight months. Right. And, um, you know, but the he resonated so much through the college football world. How much is Johnny Menzel worth to Texas A&M? Um, Kyler Murray to Oklahoma. It's so when people talk about players' worth, you, it's not just for that particular season. Um, because when a guy like uh, Troy sees Cam Newton in 2010, which is you know 12 years ago, so he would have been you know six years old. You're beginning right. to love football. So I mean, it was a great timing for him, and so they may be, even be reaping benefits of guys like him. Uh, 12 years late, 12 years later, because in their formative years, they started following football. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. Fascinating. And, and you look, Cam was there, like you said, less than a calendar year, but did just about everything he could have done. Right. Um, they, they won the Natty. He won the Heisman. And then he went first overall in the draft right after. So, yeah, kind of the trifecta for him as good a, a one year run as really anybody could have. Uh, so, yeah, it, it certainly resonates with with kids more than a decade down the line, which is something that you don't really anticipate, you know, even covering recruiting, you don't hear that very often. But again, you think of that family, the Bulls family, obviously football is, is ingrained in every element of what they do. So naturally a kid like that is going to latch on a little bit sooner than, than the typical kid. So Auburn was, was just kind of at the right place at the right time. And now it's come full circle with him getting on campus. So uh, what, what a haul a steal that would be for the Tigers if they could upset basically all the blue bloods for Troy Bowles. I don't envision it, but they're absolutely in the conversation. John, I want to tell everybody now about bet online, bet online. And you can see now, John, I've figured out how to put a bet online picture up there while I'm go. talking. I feel like an absolute genius. Um, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball, NBA playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online is where the game starts. Man, I'm so thrilled with myself that I figured out how to do that. I mean, it's so simple, but I'm not I'm not tech savvy. Um, but as we always joke, I am a lot more I, compared to Jimmy. I am Bill Gates. Uh, I mean, literally. I am. So that's the pecking order, right? Bill Gates, oh. Luke, then Jimmy. Got it. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't even use your hand far enough down for Jimmy. I mean, I, you would have to <laughs> burrow into the ground. Um, he literally ha helped no way uh when it comes to the technical side of this he's a genius he's an alabama internet legend yet he knows nothing about the internet that is that is very odd i mean it's almost like being a fantastic basketball player seven foot four uh with a mean crossover in a country that doesn't play basketball <laughs> <laughs> 
Beautiful, beautiful analogy there. <laughs> um, let me ask you about Jaleel Hurley. This is a guy at in Florence, uh, Alabama, a really good player, committed to Alabama, five-star guy uh, by most circles. Um, he's been visiting Auburn a lot lately, a lot of chatter about his eventual flip to Auburn. Um, I'm just – you heard anything about this? Yeah, I got a phone call about it yesterday uh, as as kind of a tip, like, hey, keep an eye on this thing. And, and that could go many different ways. But but look, Hurley was a, a frequent visitor of Auburn in the fall, uh, and his it has now continued after the Alabama commitment, something that surely Nick Saban and company are aware of. And I think with the type of prospect he is, his stature, uh, that's going to keep both schools pedal to the metal on Hurley, Bama in the case of maintaining that verbal commitment and leading to a signature and Auburn, of course, trying to flip uh, what would be the headlining recruit to this point from its Iron Bowl rival. So you kind of understand both sides. He has developed a strong relationship with Zach Etheridge, who, who is the Auburn uh, secondary coach, uh, who is a really strong recruiter individually as well. So that makes a lot of sense. So, so I think we just got to keep tracking this thing going forward. I anticipate him getting back to Bama before any major decisions are made. Um, so who knows when that may be? You know, typically we don't see flips this early in the cycle with a kid who committed, what, two months ago at this point. So it would be relatively odd, particularly with an in-state kid flipping from Alabama to Auburn before the season begins. It's, it's just not something we see very typically, but obviously very curious to see where Hurley takes visits going forward. Will he camp down in Auburn? Will he get back to Alabama before any major decisions are made? I think that remains to be seen. But Alabama, if we're aware and talking about it, Alabama's obviously aware uh, and, and efforting to, to try to slow things down. But there is legitimate chatter about Hurley at this point, and I don't know the timeline or how serious it is, but the fact that we're getting it just a couple months after the commitment uh, is is typically a, a red flag, or, uh, if you will. Uh, Alabama just recently had their spring game. Uh, Eli Holstein was there, um, but there's still a lot of chatter about Arch Manning and where he's going to end up. I mean, I'm not going to have you on this show weekly and not bring up Arch Manning, Eli Holstein, because Understood. those two are the probably the biggest names when it comes to Alabama circles, arguably the biggest names when it comes to recruiting circles, period. So um, what's the latest on these two cats? Yeah, um, Arch Manning, I was actually able to finally meet him in person on Monday. And yeah, there's just a lot of uh, bubble wrap around his entire recruitment, both from an information standpoint and an access standpoint. Todd Monken was there, the Georgia offensive coordinator, when I was there. Uh, but every other school is signing up to spend time there at Newman, including Alabama. We all know Nick Saban has personally been recruiting Arch. Bill O'Brien has spent a lot of time around the Newman facility as well. So I do think that Alabama is, is still right in the middle of this recruitment. And I got a call late last week, actually over the weekend, that indicated Bama could be in front for Arch Manning at this point. There was a lot of talk after some other outlets put predictions in for Texas. It made a lot of phone calls cycle through the, the metaverse and to find out, hey, how legitimate is, is this Texas smoke with Arch Manning? And while the Longhorns are in it, I was told that some people at Alabama have doubled down on the confidence of, of landing a guy like Arch Manning. So I do think Alabama's right in the thick of it. I do believe Texas is the primary threat. I do see Georgia as kind of a, a falling number three in this race at this moment. But 
the entire Arch Manning recruitment has been up and down, left and right. It's been all over the place. There's still no timeline for a decision. They're going to let all these coaches come by Newman High School to get a little bit more time with Arch. Uh, and he could take more visits before a decision is to be made. Remember, he has taken zero official visits. So we could still actually have a long way to go in this recruitment. And that obviously re reflects on Eli Holstein, right? I mean, there, there is a simple question for Nick Saban. Will you take a verbal commitment from somebody not named Arch Manning until Arch Manning makes a decision? You know, how do you weigh that? Can you hold off until Arch is ready when there is no clear timeline for when that may go down? So it puts Eli uh, Holstein in a jam uh, quite a bit. But other schools understand that. And they're starting to come after to try to close the gap that Alabama has clearly created with Holstein taking three visits this spring, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M is trying to get him back on the commitment list. Uh, we've heard Ohio State getting involved with Eli. So it's becoming a bigger battle because everyone's got an eye on Bama, like usual, when it comes to college football recruiting. So uh, Nick Saban's going to have that final call. How do you weigh taking a quarterback versus waiting on maybe the better one or maybe the one you see as the better quarterback? It's it's fascinating to navigate um, we, we rarely see teams take two quarterbacks that are high profile. I don't think Bama's in position to do so this cycle. So it's going to be one or the other, in my opinion, both from Louisiana, ironically enough, where having been there this past week and they still talk about Alabama coming in and just plucking elite talent. So now one of the premier quarterbacks is likely to end up at Alabama this cycle. And it will sting that much more if it's Arch Manning for, for folks over there. And, and I think Nick knows that. And, and that's part of the reason why. I do believe the ball is in Arch's court uh, by proxy of, of Nick Saban waiting on him. Yeah, I mean, it, Nick sort of likes, you know, sticking it in their ribs a little bit. I Absolutely. Don't think out. That's, that's sort of a Bill Belichickian type thing, too. John, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, when we come back, I, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you about the NFL draft. All right, buddy. Um, NFL draft, as people watch this, will be tonight starting. Um, okay. Who was the uh, – of all the guys you've scouted, maybe name two or three that when you saw them, even in high school, you're like, okay, that dude's going to be like a top two or three draft pick, no doubt. I'm, I'm, I would bet my career on it. Name some guys that jumped to mind. They don't necessarily even have to have been at Alabama, but some of them may have been. Well, Evan Neal was, was certainly one of those guys – um Devonte Smith I thought was was one of those guys that you know the first really? time I saw him live he was in New Orleans against elite competition everywhere and he cut up every DB that that lined up in front of him he outran most of them but then he had this polish underneath to to work them as a route runner uh, that made you say I don't care how skinny he is this is this is a guy with, with Evan Neal he was just so darn big right we, we all saw him when he moved to IMG Academy after his first year of high school, 400 pounds, you're like, if they can figure out the weight situation, this kid's going to be a road grader with tackle upside down the line. And about 12 months later, he was already trimmed down at IMG and starting to put things together, working with, with that great coaching staff and, and some of the performance guys that ended up at Alabama, at uh, Matt Ray and those guys. So uh, you saw a quick transformation with Neil where it wasn't just – this big SUV of a prospect, but a guy who was very functional 
who could, who could really move around. Uh, and I'm happy to see him, um, you know, really do everything in his power to be a top 10 pick and to be that that first or maybe second offensive lineman off the board. Uh, so sometimes you just know there's really undeniable talent out there. Trevor Lawrence, first time we saw him throw as a sophomore, I was like, I get it. I totally understand uh, all this hoopla that that is around him. Najee Harris certainly as an underclassman um, was sold to me as a guy that has a chance to be the number one recruit eventually and then be a first rounder. Obviously that came to fruition. It's just usually the guys who, make everyone else look small or slow uh, on the uh, opposing team. Um, you know, Derek Henry certainly did that as well. Um, so, you know, Bama's picked up a lot of these guys over the years, obviously, but for a lot of them, you could tell as, as 15 and 16 year olds, which is just crazy in, in this day and age. I want to ask you about, this is a, a, a non-Alabama, but relates to Alabama. I saw the other day, Arkansas got a big commitment from a quarterback, right? Um, is Sam Pittman really beginning to make some waves in the recruiting front? And this does relate to Alabama in the sense that, you know, Arkansas has been one of those games you just sort of chalk up to, okay, it's sort of a semi-off week. Um, I mean, they've been a couple of close games. I mean, last year was moderately close for a while. Um, and then there was a, what, a 14-13 to 13 game back in uh, 2015, 14, something like that, 2014. Um but otherwise, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like an easy win for Alabama and, frankly, for most of the SEC. But, of course, last year they picked up the pace a little bit, and, and now it looks like they're beginning to get some dudes. Yeah, I love what Sam Pittman's doing. It's one of those schools where everybody who takes a visit to Arkansas kind of falls in love with it. And Arkansas is contending for kids that are a bit above their weight class, per se, in recruiting. Uh, and even outside of the footprint, typically when you're talking about Arkansas, uh, the footprint goes into Texas, obviously into Louisiana, the home state. They'll go into the Midlands a little bit, uh, maybe as far east as a Mississippi, but that's kind of their recruiting base there. But now with Sam Pittman, all his ties to really the entire SEC footprint, we're seeing Arkansas dip way further east. They're getting into Florida. Uh, and the quarterback you'd mentioned that they just picked up is, is Malachi Singleton from the Atlanta area. You know, So they're going further into that SEC footprint and contending for big-time recruits. I just had an international recruit, Lucas Simmons, tell me that Arkansas might get his last official visit, and, and they weren't even on the radar a couple of weeks ago, at least publicly. So they're doing a good job, particularly with certain positions. And obviously – with Sam Pittman, offensive line background, you expect that group to be good. But I think Kendall Bryles combining with him as the OC has has created um, a, a coveted offer in the Arkansas Razorbacks, and they may end up taking two quarterbacks this cycle. So they got a good one to start with, with Malachi Singleton, who's one of the better dual threats in this class and fits that kind of tough run-first profile that Arkansas has has been putting out under Pittman. I don't think I've ever been more wrong about uh, what I thought a coach would be. Uh, Sam Pittman has completely changed my attitude about him. I mean, when he did all that yes, sir stuff right at the beginning, <laughs> I was like, they hired Georgia's offensive line coach, and that's his catchphrase is yes, sir. I was like, this is going to be a disaster, and he's actually been amazing. I mean, that. I really had the same feel about him that I did when I watched Mike Dubose's first press conference and his shirt wasn't tucked in and his hair was all a flutter. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, we may have dropped the ball on this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and we did, 
but uh, Sam Pittman, man, he's he's doing some stuff. I I I recognize uh, his efforts, and and I'm thinking it's going to be fun. And I'm, the SEC is just always going to be getting better and better. So, John, thanks so much for joining us again this week. I know you squeezed me in, and I appreciate that. Uh, if y'all don't know, John is part of Locked On Family now, and we have like a, a schedule we try to follow. Um, where we let John know, and I just said, "Man, I, I need you to hook me up," and so he did. And he's because he's a great American. John, John, thanks so much for joining us today, Bud. How does everybody uh, get to see your stuff? Always a pleasure, Luke. Yeah, real quick, si.com/slash/college or on social media at si all American on all platforms. All right, buddy. We will uh, catch you again soon. And until that, everybody, roll tide. <laughs>